and welcome to another episode of Sage Studio. I'm Tiffany Webster, and today I am joined with our assessment and accountability coordinator, Bethany Burgos. Welcome, Bethany. I am so glad to have you on the podcast because today we are talking all about Cecily. So at this time that the podcast is being recorded, we are just getting ready to get into our assessment season. So I wanted to bring you on the podcast that you could just kind of unpack it a little bit for our parents and let them know what to expect. So let's first start with why we even have assessment at stage. Why do we enter this assessment period? So why do we test? Why is it important? Such a good question. So as a public charter school, Sage Oak has to provide measurable, valid data reflecting student progress towards mastery of grade level standards for all of our stakeholders. So in addition to that, we also have to have a 95% participation rate for state-mandated testing. So without that, um, our school cannot function as is, and we cannot operate to support our students the best that we can. So if we don't do that, we jeopardize not meeting the requirements for WASCA accreditation. We might not qualify to receive important funding that all of our families look forward to and yep. love to purchase the products and services that they need in order to educate their students. Not to mention, of course, assessments are also super valuable for our students and for our parents. It provides real-time feedback and data showing strengths and showing weaknesses as well, which will help our parents to drive their instruction, select curriculum, and also know areas that need support, but then areas where they're also successful. So there's so many reasons that we test. I'm so glad you brought some of those up because I think sometimes we forget that there is such importance with the compliance aspect so that we can continue to operate with all of those things that you mentioned that I know our parents love. Our parents love the benefit of having instructional funds and being able to use those funds to choose curriculum and community providers that we have pre-approved or to participate in programs like the VLA program where those funds have been allocated towards technology and all of those great resources. So it's so important to remember that all of that is tied in to our participation in this state testing. So I think that was super valuable. Tell us a little bit more about we, now that we have a better understanding of how it benefits the school, how does it benefit our students? What do they gain from going through this experience? And that's really our focus, right, is students and how can we benefit our students and best support our students through this process? How can we make it fantastic for them? So I think it's important for us to remember testing is also such a huge life skill. I think sometimes we just get in this like, we have to test, we have to test, we have to test. But what about real life it is made up of tests, whether it's a driving test or Ooh. a state a college entrance exam, or sometimes when we're trying to get jobs, we have to take tests and it's just a fact of life. And so some of us get super nervous about tests. Some of us don't like waking up early to take tests. There's so many things that, that we don't really like to do that involve testing, but the truth is it's a fact of life. And as we grow and get older, it's going to help us to be able to prepare for those things that we have to face. What an amazing growth we yes. can gain from all of that, for well, sure. Definitely. And I mean, that is one of our core values here at Say Joke is having that growth mindset and being able to do things that are difficult and face challenges and to have the grit to go through experiences and grow because of them. So I love that is tied into this as well. Okay, so now that we know a little bit more about how that benefits the student, 
Let's talk a little bit about the assessments. So we'll start with iReady. iReady is our local school mandated assessment. Most of our students take it two times a year, once at the beginning of the year and once at the end of the year. And that is really to show growth. Where are we starting as a student? And then where are we finishing the end of the school year? It is a computer adaptive test. So the questions, half of them, up to half of them might be questions that our students can't answer. They might have never been exposed to the content. So some of our kiddos find that challenging. What happens is that we just tell them, take your best guess. It's trying to challenge you. It's trying to push you. If you don't know, take your best guess. And then the test will adjust back down and start asking questions that are more at your level. And the beautiful thing is then at the very end, the test is going to produce an exact working grade level. So regardless of the student's grade level on paper, we see exactly how they're performing, and it provides that immediate feedback for our students, our parents, and our teachers too, so that we can all work together to provide the best instruction and curriculum for the students. I love that because if you have a student who is taking that assessment and you realize, oh, okay, this student is struggling a little bit in reading, then you can communicate that to the teacher and together you can maybe adjust the level of chapter books that you're reading or maybe add in a little bit more support. And then on the other hand, if it demonstrates, wow, this student is really ahead in vocabulary, for example, then you know exactly where you can accelerate a little bit and say, hey, all right, let's challenge with a little bit of the vocabulary assignments that we're working on and the teacher can support you in doing. Absolutely. Love that idea. Okay, so that's I ready. So we take that at the beginning and the end of the year, maybe in the middle for some students, so we can really measure the progress within the growth of that school year. Okay, how about CASP? Let's talk about CASP. Yeah, so our CASP is our state-mandated assessment, and our students start taking this test in third grade. So that test is in reading and math. There's two components. So we have a computer adaptive test, or the CAT, in ELA, and a computer adaptive test, or CAT, in math. Then we have a performance task in ELA and a performance task in math. So there's two tests for each subject. And then for students in grades 5, 8, and some 11th and 12th graders, they will take the science test, the California science test, or the CAST. Good to know. Okay, so now that we know the differences between iReady and between the CAST, how can parents really help support their students during this testing period? Great question. And this is one of my most favorite parts of CASP testing, actually. We get to, as teachers, sit down with our students and support them in the most incredible way. We first start by supporting them using test preparation skills and strategies. So we provide Chromebooks for all of our testing students. We open up the Chromebook and we sit there and we go through the testing platform so that On testing day, they open up their computer. They can say, I've seen this before. My teacher went through this with me. We practice. I know exactly what I'm looking at. Now I can focus all of my energy on actually answering the questions. It ends up being really fun and a really positive experience. And our goal in all of this prep is that come testing day, they can relax. They know exactly what to do and they feel prepared so that all they have to do is answer questions. You guys have done so much as the assessment team to really lower that anxiety and help students feel really prepared. So thank you so much for taking the time to go through that with us. I think that is going to actually put a lot of parents at ease. I mean, just hearing a little bit more about the compliance, how it benefits students, how it benefits us as a Sage Oak school, how to kind of walk through those different tests and what they're going to 
expect from those. So thank you so much for sharing all that information. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It is great. All right. Stay tuned because coming up, we are going to be hearing from each of the teachers for different grade level bands. So we're going to be hearing from a K-5 teacher, a 6-8 teacher, and a high school teacher who is just going to give us a little bit more insight on what testing will look like for those grade level bands. So stay tuned. Coming up. Today, I am joined by Amy Elwood. She is one of our TK through five teachers in our personalized learning program. Welcome, Amy. So glad to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So since you specialize in the TK through five grade level band, we wanted to talk to you about ways that you can help our parents and our students prepare for the upcoming cast for those grade levels specifically. So third graders, they're going to start this year. And what tests do our third, fourth, and fifth graders take when it comes to CASP? They take the CAT test, which is, it's a lot of multiple choice. It's mostly reading passages, answering questions. Sometimes they have to select specific sentences that support main ideas, things like that. And then they also take the performance task, which is where they read different articles and then they write a multi-paragraph essay using the information from those articles. And in math, it's a similar format. They solve problems, mostly in multiple choice. There's different ways that they answer the questions for that. And then they also have a performance task, which is more of a project, and it uses information from the project to answer a variety of questions using that information. So let's start with the first one. So with the multiple choice test. How do you feel students can best prepare for the multiple choice section of the CASP test? Yeah, I think that our testing with iReady really helps prepare them for that. It is a similar form. I also feel like our school focuses a lot on informational text and work that they do with that will really help prepare them as well because they're used to using the text to find information and to answer questions. So all of those things are really helpful. So that really helps to prepare them. That's so good to know because I'm sure, especially our third graders who are taking this for the first time, even the fourth and fifth, I mean, like they're still getting used to it. They're feeling a little bit nervous probably about cast testing. So it's a good reminder, I think, to be like, you've done this before, right? Think about how you were when you were taking the iReady test and what that was like and kind of draw on that experience for this. Do you find that reminding them about that helps to coach them through some of their nerves they might be feeling? Yes, absolutely. I think it's so important to remind kids that they've done this before. And I think that's huge in reminding them and building their confidence. For sure. Okay, so now let's talk about the performance task. Let's start with language arts. How can our students prepare for that? What can they expect from the performance task? Walk us through that portion. Yeah, the performance task is often the part where kids get more discouraged. So talking to them about, okay, you have read passages before. Some of your curriculums ask you to read and write information about what you read and cite sources. And then also exposure to the performance task. So all teachers will give, for example, performance tasks. So families or teachers can work through that with their child so that they can go into it feeling like I've seen this before. I've, I know what this looks like and feel confident to, to go into that part of the test. So that's so good to know. So there's practice tests available. If parents want to walk their child through what is a performance task going to look like in language arts, and they can access those through their teacher, the teacher can provide them with the links to those performance tasks. And are there practice performance tasks for math as well? Yeah, there definitely are. In the resources that we give families, there are practice performance tasks for math. 
And one of the tips that I usually share with families is that it, it is a lot of explaining. So they are similar type problems that they've seen before in their math curriculum, but they are asked to explain a lot. So one of the things I like to do with my kids is just say, how would you explain this to your little brother or sister or a little neighbor friend that you know? Because you know what you're doing in your head, but we have to get that down on and your answer. So how would you explain this in words as if you were teaching a kindergartner or a first grader? And usually that helps them make more sense to them so mm -hmm. that realize, oh, I really need to explain a lot and what I did in my head. <laughs> so that's a great tip, too. And I think that'll help definitely ease kids and take a little pressure off. I think it's going to really help our students this year. So thanks, Amy. I appreciate talking with you. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Today, I am joined by Lisa Bunton. Lisa is one of our middle school teachers here at Sage Oak. Welcome, Lisa. It's great to be here. So great to have you on the podcast today. So let's start first with the math test. I know that sometimes that can give our students a little bit of anxiety. So tell me, what are some of the tips and tricks that you have for parents on how they can support their students with math? So I definitely agree that those stressors, right, of just like what's going to come up and what might I not know or just, you know, it's a test. And so a lot of us have that test anxiety, myself included. So with my students, what I've been mentioning, encouraging them to do is go through the vocabulary, be familiar with words like sum, quotient, dividend, remainder, exponent, square root. So if any of these come up, even greater than and less than, if any of these come up in these problems, we're not stuck on the vocabulary and we're more just able to focus and relax and say, oh, got this. They're just asking what the sum is, what it equals. Oh, okay. And so they can kind of just focus more on the problem at hand and not so hyper-focused on that vocabulary that kind of sometimes scares us. Yeah, I think that is such a great tip because sometimes you're reading through it and you see this word and you're like, wait, does it mean this? Does it mean that? I can't quite remember. And all of a sudden it's like, that's all you're focusing on, right? And we've all been yeah. there and we get you students. We know how that feels. So I think your tip is really good. Just kind of familiarize with that vocabulary that you might see so that, you know, it doesn't catch you off guard. Love that one. Okay, now I also know for our middle school students, along with the language arts and the math assessment, they'll also be taking the science assessment in eighth grade. And the science assessment is a multiple choice assessment that they'll be taking. So what would be some advice that you could offer our parents to help their kids kind of prepare for that multiple choice science test? Again, kind of take our time, right? Breathe, take those small breaks on any parts, really. Just breathe, take your time, and read the whole question. Don't just assume like, oh, I know this, it's A, and like, end of story. I click A and I move on. Read all the answers. Even if you're like 99% sure that it's A, read B, read C option, read D, and then you're really sure you've got it 100% with A. Also, if you get to a question because you're like, I just, I'm not sure, I'm between A and C. Take your best educated, I wouldn't say guess, but your best educated, you know, like approach, right? The context clues, use your own personal knowledge and kind of narrow it down. Start narrowing it down like that with your background knowledge, with your previous knowledge, with the context clues. Narrow it down the best you can to that one option that you think is your best educated, you know, approach, like you said. Yeah, I think that's really solid advice to go through everything and then really use the context clues within the answers themselves to to really kind of make your final selection. So I love that. Good advice yeah. on that. 
Okay. And then as far as walking through the test, when it comes like at the end of each answer, is the test automatically going to save students' results? Do they just keep advancing? Is there anything that they should be thinking about or be aware of when it comes to progressing from question to question? So when they're progressing, it is supposed to save it. However, I'm kind of like that worry wart person where I'm like, you know what? If we can save each question, the better. Then we know it's really safe. So at the top left of the screen, there is a save button. And I've been encouraging my students Every time you're done with the question, just hit that save button. Before you hit the next and you move on, just hit that save button. It's not going to hurt. It's just kind of like our insurance plan. It's going to make sure we saved our work for sure. And that yes. if there was some weird glitch in the system, we saved it. So that's what I just kind of encourage them to do that, as well as just familiarize themselves with the tools. I know in math, you're allowed to sometimes use a calculator. In the reading, you can highlight, you can shadow just the certain sentence you're focused on. And you can even take notes on some of the passages. So if you just kind of familiar yourself with that toolbar, I've also been encouraging my families to do that so that when you're in that test, any type of tool you'll need, you'll know right where to go. You'll kind of know which each, what each tool does for you to help you out throughout the test. I love it. Those are such great tips, such tried and true tips as well. Review your <laughs> math vocabulary, use process of elimination, save as you go, and practice with the tools so that you're ready to use one test day. So Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lisa. I know our students and our parents are going to appreciate all of those tips and tricks, and I really appreciate you sharing them with us today. Well, thank you so much. And everybody, you are going to do amazing on your test. So go for it. Do your best. Breathe. You will be just fine. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. Thank you. Hey there. I'm joined with Jared Torres from our high school department. Welcome, Jared. Thanks thank so much for being me. here. <laughs> so I wanted to invite you to the podcast, Jared, to just Give us a little bit of information as to what parents can expect when it comes to students taking the CAST. It's taken different times in elementary and even middle school, but there's one time in high school and that's 11th grade. And so that's a big data polls where we can see how high school students are performing in English, math, and science. The CASP is actually coming up really soon. The main week of testing for high school is going to take place the first week of May. Parents wanted to get some more information about the upcoming CASP or go through some practice tests. How can they access that information? So they, their EAs have been sending out weekly updates with those resources, with practice tests. And also their EAs, they have been introducing them, familiarizing them with the practice tests that are offered on the CASP website. And that is a really good component, I think, for families because sometimes the unknown is the scariest part or most intimidating part. I think of it or like to talk about it like doc shock, like you open something <laughs> up and you're like, what is going on? There's a lot of things happening. Doc so, shock is awesome. Yeah. I've never heard that term. I love it. Doc shock yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. So just familiarizing yourself with the dashboard, where the tools are, just those types of things really can bring the test anxiety down if there is any and make it a much more pleasant experience if you're not like, where's the calculator? I can't find it. Right. All right. So that's CASP, which is the California state test. Talk to us now about iReady. When is iReady? How does that come into play? Yeah. So iReady is a lot more frequent for high school. It's something that we're doing every year and even multiple times a year. There's a beginning of your test, 
and there's an end of year test. So students are like, well, I just did this. <laughs> and it can feel like that because the school years fly by. Yeah, that really it's this diagnostic tool, right? To really just see like, where are the gaps and where are the gains? Like, where is the student doing really well? Okay, this is an area that they're nailing. And then this is an area where we know we need to focus. When do students take the iReady? Is it like right after the CASP or do they have a little bit of time? Yeah, for 11th years, it's going to feel, for those that are taking the CASP, it's a couple weeks after the CASP. And so okay. it can feel like kind of a real close timeline. As the year wraps up, it's the days just totally escape us. So it's in the middle of May and there's going to be enough break for the 11th graders to take a breath for sure. What is the parent role when it comes to assessment? How can parents help support their kids? Yeah, I mean, there's really simple things like maybe not letting the student like skip breakfast that morning and things like that. The little things like that are really helpful. I started taking like these greens and I feel like my brain has been opened and oh. I, just, I can see clearly now other than eating gummy worms and yes. beef jerky. Okay, so, so no to gummy worms, <laughs> yes to healthy breakfast. That's a good tip. I like yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> like little things like that really do, can be that difference between when a student is really stuck on a problem and where they're able to have the composure, take a deep mm -hmm. breath, you know, push through and do well. I like it. Okay. So really the parent support comes in with like all the things that we know we should do when we're taking tests. Get a good night's sleep, eat a good breakfast, sit down, have less distractions around you, get focused, make sure your white eyes rolling and yeah. all of those little things are taken care of. So. Sounds yeah, <laughs> the least amount of times they need, they get up, so usually the better. The kids that I'm around, that's I'm looking for an excuse to get up and go do something. So no excuses to go check on something or get right. up and move around. And it sounds like the high school team has really gone to great lengths to consider all those factors and what it's like for students to take a test. And you've broken it up into very doable blocks of time so they can just kind of make that commitment like okay for the next 90 minutes I'm going to be really focused on sitting down and doing this and then test taking in the convenience of your home like how sweet is that you don't yeah. have to get up and drive or do other things like that like that is true sweet. you I get the like benefit it's optimal yeah testing in slippers it's a thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely I love it. I love it. Thanks, Jared. I think that is super helpful. I think that you've kind of calmed some nerves a little bit. Maybe that that some parents or some students might have been feeling about taking the upcoming assessment. It sounds like high school has a great plan in place and it's already beginning to push out some of those resources to parents and students, which is awesome. So thanks so much for coming on today and sharing that information. Always great to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Tiffany. All right. You're welcome. Good luck with assessment season. We really do have such an amazing team here at Sage Oak, and I really hope that after listening to this podcast and all the interactions that you've been having with your child's teacher over the last few weeks, that you do really feel really supported and ready for the upcoming assessment season. We wish you all the best with the CASP and the iReady test. All the best of luck to your students as well. We know that you are going to do a great job, and we so appreciate everyone's participation in these assessments. Thanks so much. 